every time, every time I preach, I'm challenged even more to pray for pastor more than I normally do. And you know why that is? You know, I struggle, and I know the guys that preach, that come up here and preach, they, they, they ask God, what do you want me to preach? And there's an awesome responsibility in preaching what God wants you to preach. You know, you're never wrong when you preach from the Bible. You're never wrong when, when uh, you show forth God's truth. I mean, you're, you're never wrong doing that. But I'm sure there's times when God wants a certain message to come forth. And you realize pastor preaches Sunday morning, Sunday night, lesson on Wednesday night, Sunday school quite often. And that's an awesome responsibility. I mean, I've been thinking about this all week, and this is just one message. <laughs> and, but he does, it every, he does it every week, week after week. So you should pray for him. He's a human being like you are. He wakes up and wants in, in some days and says, oh, puke. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he wakes up some days when he doesn't want to get out of bed. Or, like I do sometimes, wake up with a really bad attitude. You know, you know I woke up with a bad attitude a couple days ago. Uh, Friday, I think. Woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning and I was thinking, I woke up from a dream and I got thinking about stuff and I got a really bad attitude. So I decided to get down to the corner and get a cup of coffee. Well, halfway down there I hit a deer and um, didn't do much damage and actually we kind of knocked the mirror off. We, my wife helped me piece it back together and that kind of stuff. So, it, I mean, there's a little bit of a, you could tell the deer was there, but, you know, it's no big deal. But, uh, but, you know what happened? As soon as I hit the deer, God said to me, see? See, when you get a bad attitude, that's what happens. <laughs> and, uh, and it did. My attitude turned around like that. And uh, uh, God reminded me how much I needed him. And, uh, but, but go to the book of Jude if you're not already there. You know, Jude um, is warning people. And in the first part of the book, it says... Uh, beloved, I gave all diligence, verse 3, to write unto you of the common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. That reminds me of those guys that are pro-abortion that call themselves preachers. They're denying the Lord Jesus Christ. I will put you therefore in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed them that obeyed not. And in verses 4 to 10, he talks about people going away from God. And he talks about people that claim to be saved going away from God. Verse 10, it says, But these speak evil of these things, for which they know not. But what they know naturally is brute beasts, and those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone after the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Cori. But these are spots in your feasts of charity. And you get down to verse 14, and it says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all of their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So he's talking about judgment is coming, and judgment's coming upon this world. When God comes back, 
You know, I say this quite often. You know, you look at all the wickedness in the world, you know, and, and you look at, you know, in this country about people that are away from God. And, and um, the, even though, you know, Roe versus Wade was overturned, thinking about all the millions of babies that have been destroyed uh, since 1972, I guess, when it was, when it was made legal and all that stuff. And all the people that are, that are just hate God and are, and are away from God and, and all the different lasciviousness, like the Bible says, and that stuff that goes on. But judgment is coming. Verse 16, it says, these are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts. And their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. You know, murmurers, complainers, great swelling words. What a, what a, a thing about our society. Murmurers, complainers. You know, I, I've never, you know, where I, when I used to work all the time, that's all people did was complain. And I'll never forget one time that one of these things stands out. You know, we used to get a, we used to get a turkey or a ham for Christmas. So one year, uh, but we used to get just Christmas Day paid. So one year, the boss decided to give us the day before Christmas paid, plus Christmas, but he didn't give us a turkey. Oh, he didn't give us a turkey. And I used to say to these guys, hey, listen, most of you guys are making 20 bucks an hour. How much do you think a turkey costs? And you know, how much? I think he's giving you a little bit more. Oh, I can't believe they're doing this. See, they don't care about us. They don't care about us at all. Uh, and complainers, complainers. You know, we have to be careful. You know, we look at that and we think, look at them people complaining. But how many times have you and I, me, complained about things? Complained about things. Said, oh, you know what? Man, was it cold in church on Sunday. Oh, it was too cold in there. By the way, it's not too cold in here, in my opinion, but whatever. Uh, but, but uh, you know, we complained. Man, was it hot. Boy, it was hot in Sunday school this morning. Well, you know what? Don't let, don't let the good of it being taken away by your complaining. Don't let, let me take it away with, with murmuring. Don't be like the world. And, jo- and, and, and in the book of Jude, he's warning about that. He says, that's one of the symptoms of the last days. Murmuring and complaining. And uh, great swelling words. The, I, the uh, I'm the man mentality. Oh, I hate that. You know, I, you know, you see, uh, you know, football players, you know, they catch a pass. You know, this guy's making ungodly money. This guy's making 10 million a year. He catches a pass and he goes, you know, I used to do that at work. You know, I'd load a truck. That was my job. I'd load a concrete truck and I'd walk around going, <laughs> you know, just to, just to joke around. Hey, you're doing your job. You're doing your job. The great swelling words of pride. We work in a, we live in a proud society. It's awful. And uh, politicians are proud, uh, so many of them. And, um, but it says, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But look at verse 17. But beloved, remember the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus. Don't be surprised about this. Don't be surprised. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own lusts. 
These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. You know, in 2 Peter 3, 3, it says, Knowing this first, that in the last times there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. 1 Timothy 4 says, For the time will come when they, not, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. You know, 1 John 2.18 says, Little children, it is the last time. It is the last time. You know, Jesus said, In this world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You know, sometimes we get surprised and say, why is all this stuff happening? We get caught up in it. We get caught up in the murmuring. We get caught up in the complaining. We get caught up and we forget that we have a God. We say, oh, gas is $4 a gallon. Actually, gas is more than that. If it was four, you guys would think you're getting a deal, wouldn't you? Uh, <laughs> it's kind of, isn't that kind of weird? I went to the gas pump the other day and I paid four and a quarter and I thought, wow, that's cheap. Well, you know, inauguration day, it was two and a quarter. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But uh, uh, we think, and then, but we complain about it. I complain about it. God didn't die. You know, and we as Christians get caught up with the murmuring and the complaining and all that stuff. And we say, oh, we've got it so bad. You know what? 50 years from now, probably less, I'm going to be in heaven. And all this isn't going to matter. Isn't going to matter. Um, you know, if I'm still here when I'm 118, then we can have this discussion again. But uh, <laughs> it's not going to matter. But we get caught up in it. He's talking about it in the last days, the murmurers, the complainers, all that different stuff. We forget who God is. We forget that we have a God. But we're, we should remember that this is nothing new. You know, people don't want... Uh, the phrase, walking after their own lusts, it's in 2 Peter 3.3, 3. it's in Jude 16, it's in Jude 18. And that's our society. That's our society. People don't want anybody to talk, tell them how to live. Sensual, having not the spirit. But here's the solution to all that. Verse 20, but. You know, I love in the Bible when it says but. It always reminds me of, you know, here's bad things happen and all these things, but God's coming to the rescue. Uh, what's it say? Uh, and I can't think of the verse. So, but after this, the love of God appeared. Um, uh, that verse says that. But, verse, verse uh, 20, but ye beloved, building yourselves up on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And if some have compassion, making a difference, but building up yourselves in the holy faith. Building up yourselves in the holy faith. You know what? And you've heard this a thousand times, but we need to always build ourselves up in the holy faith so we won't be like the people in the first part of Jude. And it's a constant thing. If we're not moving forward, we're moving backward. And there's, the older I get, the more I realize, boy, do I need the Bible. Boy, do I need the Bible. Boy, I need to run to the Bible. I need to go there. Because you know why? 
because one of my biggest problems, besides pride, my biggest problem is unbelief. And if I don't run, constantly run to the Bible, I'm going to be believing the world instead of believing God. I'm going to, th- I'm going to think, God, uh, I'm in despair because I've only got $5 in my wallet. Well, wait a minute, you've got a God that owns a cattle on a thousand hills. What are you worried about? What are you worried about? You know, I don't know why I can't preach without crying, but, but anyway, that's just the way I am. Nothing I can do about it. But we sang the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. You know, and then I think of the verse, I am young, now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bread. God has been so good to me. God has taken care of me when I've been stupid. You know, really. But God has taken care of me and bailed me out of so many things and just been so gracious to me. Gracious to me. And always, always, always took care of us. And uh, it's a blessing when you think about it. But you know what? If we don't run to the Bible, sometimes we all get to the place where we're doubting God. And then we get thinking, oh, God, you can't take care of me. But like I said, I am young, now I am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. Or we say, God, you don't care, you don't care about me. You ever get that place where you're low and this thing happens to you and that thing happens to you? And you say, God, you don't care. Jeremiah 31.3, go there real quick. Jeremiah 31.3. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. God does care about you. God does care about you. And he's promised. God's word never changes. God has promised. And he says he'll take care of you. But you know what? If you're not in your Bible, you're not going to know that. And like I said, if you get down, run to the Bible. God doesn't love me. Go to Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril? None of us have been in a famine. None of us have been... And in nakedness, in other words, we didn't have any clothes to wear. I mean, you know, when you were born, you, know, you didn't have any clothes to wear, right? But after that, or in peril, or sword, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long, but we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, are all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature should be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. None of these bad things. He's given you all the scenarios. He says, all the scenarios in life, I still love you. I know where you are. I know where you live. I know what you're going through. I know what, you, what happened to you this week. God has promised to be with us. He cares about us. God, or you can say, God has forgotten about me. 
Isaiah 48, verse 10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. That's why it says, build your up. Build yourselves up in the holy faith. Keep exercising that. Get in that Bible. Run there for help. Run there for help. And you know, the older I get, the more I realize, you know what, I just want to bag it. You ever been there? I've been there. I've been so discouraged sometimes, and I just said, you know, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. That's when you need to run to the Bible. Run to the Bible. And like I said, the more older I get, the more I wish I'd read the Bible more when I was younger. You know, I'm on my third time through the Bible this year. I'm not bragging. I'm not telling you that to say, hey. Uh, I'm not telling you that. I'm, re- I'm the third time because I need it. I need it. The older I get, the more I need it. You know, I took on a job this spring that I had no idea how to do. So what, what's been good for me is I run to God every day. I say, God, listen, I don't know what I'm doing. You need to help me. You need to open my ears and my understanding. When I read something, I'll understand what it is. But that's even driven me into the Bible even more, saying, God, I don't know what to do here. You've got to help me. Well, like I said, when you get discouraged, don't quit. Run to the Bible. And, uh, you know, God will help you. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. You get into sin. Now you're clean, John 15, 3. Through the word which I have spoken unto you. Run to the Bible. You see something you shouldn't see. And then your stinking wicked mind gets thinking about it. Run to the Bible. One of the things that absolutely disgusts me about myself is... (laughs) Is that I'm such a wicked sinner. I'm serious now. I'm not telling you this. Do you feel sorry for me? It disgusts me about my flesh. My flesh wants to constantly. My flesh wants to take a second look. And you know what I mean. My flesh wants to take a second look. And sometimes I take the second look. And then I say to myself, what in the world is wrong with you? You know better than that. Run to the Bible. Now you're clean. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. There's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Run to the Bible. Run to the Bible. Build yourselves up in the most holy faith. Build yourselves up in the most holy faith. Be an encourager. Be an encourager. That's why it's important to come to church, to build people up, to encourage them. And don't be afraid. Don't be so proud that you can't walk up to somebody and say, hey, I need help. I need help. Many of you remember Dave Call that lives in, I don't know, Kentucky, Tennessee, one of them. Uh, But anyway, I can remember the time when I was working like 75 hours a week, week after week. And I really had a bad attitude. And I walked up to him. I said, Dave, you got to pray for me. Because I want to quit. And I got a bad attitude. My attitude stinks. You got to pray for me. And he prayed for me. But don't be afraid. We're supposed to hear to edify. The Bible says edify one another. 
bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Build each other up. Build each other up. Don't be, like I said, don't be proud. Don't be proud. We're all sinners. We're all sinners. If you come to me and say, I need help, I'm not going to look down on you because I need help too. Uh, but so build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Well, what's the second thing? What's the second thing? Back in Jude, and I, my Bible went fully on me here. Somebody was turning the pages. Uh, can't be the cat because the cat is at home, but our cat is a terrorist. I'm telling you. He's, uh, he's, <laughs> that cat is something. But anyway, that's got nothing to do with what we're talking about this morning. Back in Jude. But beloved, build yourselves up in the holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, how do you do that? Psalm 66, 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Clean yourself up. And go to God and pray and pray. You know, if I was going to go meet the President of the United States, I wouldn't, you know, come out from working with the garden, dripping with sweat and filthy and, and everything else, and just go there. You know, I grew up in a farm community. I grew up with a bunch of hillbillies, to be perfectly honest with you. And uh, I'll never forget... This guy named Alvin Chandler went to the doctor. My father took him to the doctor because he, he lived up on the mountain and he was a hermit. And Alvin Chandler had a problem with his foot. So he went to the doctor because his foot hurt so bad. Well, when he got there, the doctor says, take your other shoe off because I want to compare the two. And he says, well, I only washed one of them. Uh, <laughs> God wants us to go to him clean. We should, and if we're to get anywhere with God, we're approaching the king of the universe. And so many times we just pray casually. Bible says boldly come to the throne of grace, but don't come boldly when you're filthy. Confess your sin. Pray in the Holy Ghost. And don't be in a hurry. Meet with God. Meet with God. And sometimes, and I confess, sometimes I'm in too big of a hurry when I'm praying. You know, we need to just stay there. You ever just go to Romans chapter 8? Romans chapter 8. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. According to the will of God. Pray, you know, be thankful that you have access by one spirit unto the Father, the Bible says in Ephesians. And we need to not only build yourself up in the holy faith, but pray in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes, like I said, we don't pray like we ought. I don't pray like I ought. When I'm in trouble, I pray. When you're in trouble, you pray. But how about just 
grabbing a hold of the throne of God. And, you know, the old timers used to say praying through. Praying through. There's times in my life when I said, God, I've had some stuff happen. If you don't help me, I'm in real trouble here. You've got to bring peace in my heart. And he did. But it didn't happen in two seconds. God can save you, and God can save you in two seconds, right? But sometimes God wants us to just sit there. And you know what? Sometimes I think when we get to heaven, I think we just need to sit there and look at him. And sometimes in prayer, we don't get anywhere because we think God is, okay, listen, listen. You need to do this for me. You need to do this for me. You need to do this for me. And one thing I've been studying in my Bible is you see all these people, John, the servant of the Lord, Paul, the servant of the Lord, Jude, the servant of the Lord. I'm trying to change my prayers from God give me to God, what can I do for you? God, what, how can you, how can I get to know you better? You know, you don't get to know people by, unless you spend time with them. Spend time with them. Grab a hold of them. You know, if you're saved year after year after year and you don't know God any better than you did when you first got saved, something's wrong. Something's wrong. You should know him better. My wife and I have been married 47 years. Believe me, she knows me and I know her. It's almost spooky, the things that she knows. I mean, I told the story to somebody yesterday, but... but um, <laughs> three or four days ago, she was sound asleep, sound asleep, facing the wall opposite me. I mean, do that heavy, deep breathing, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, was, I went in the, the bedroom. She was taking a nap. I went in the bedroom. I was going to ask her something. And I said, oh, boy, she's sleeping pretty sound. I better not bother her. Immediately, she looks up and says, why are you staring at me? I think, how did she know that? Because she knows me, and she can hear even if I'm tiptoeing, and she's got it down. Well, we need to know God like that. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. And the next one, back in Jude, and i got to keep going back there. Jude, chapter 1, and 2 and 3 and 4. Jude, chapter 1. Not only should we build ourselves up in the holy faith, we need to pray in the Holy Ghost. And then we need to keep ourselves in the love of God. Keep ourselves in the love of God. How do you do that? The Bible says in John 15, 9, Continue ye in my love. Go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. John chapter 14, and um, yeah, John chapter 14, verse 15. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. 
Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth in you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them is he that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Keep yourself in the love of God. How do we stay in the love of God? We stay in the love of God by being obedient. By being obedient to what he wants us to do. By being obedient to what he says in his word. You know, I I referred to marriage a little while ago, but how do people love each other more in a marriage? By wanting to please, almost by being obedient to the needs of the other person. By being obedient to the needs of the other person. You know, I don't like liver, so my wife doesn't serve me liver because she, she's obedient to my, my needs and my, ugh, my needs. But anyway, uh, she's obedient to that. But see, that's a simple illustration, but the same way to God. We love God. And the more we love him, the more we should know what he wants. You know, when you're married a long time, you know what the other person wants. At least you should. You know what makes them happy. You know what makes them sad. You know uh, what kind of flowers, guys. You should know what kind of flowers your wife likes. You should know all those kind of things that would make, well, the same thing. We should know what God wants by being obedient to him. It proves our love to him. It proves our love to him. Uh, Psalm 97.10 says, you that love the Lord hate evil. You know, to love God is to love what he loves and hate what he hates. Love God, loving God is to love what he loves and to hate what he hates. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. So we're to build ourselves up in the Holy, we're to build ourselves up in the Holy, Holy Faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost and love, keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. And back in Jude... should have put a marker in my Bible because Jude keeps moving. Okay, back in Jude, look at the end of verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Do those things and have hope. Have hope. Uh, Philippians chapter 3 Verses 20 and 21. For our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able to subdue all things unto himself. Build yourselves up in the holy, holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourself in the love of God. And have hope of eternal life. Remember that you're going to heaven. And so all these things that happen in our lives now should encourage us, motivate us to make us want to be more like him and to look forward to heaven. You know, I'm 68 years old. 
I never thought I'd, how'd this happen? But you know, you, some people complain about getting old. But you know what, if you're a Christian, you realize, like I said before, I don't think I'm gonna live to be 100. At least I hope not. Uh, so that means sometime in the next 20 to 30 years, and maybe sooner if the Lord comes back, I'm gonna be in heaven. So whatever happens now is, is, is for God's good. You know, my goal is, to, I was telling somebody in my family in Pennsylvania yesterday, my goal is to be nicer as I get older. My goal as I get older is to do more things for God and be closer to him and, and show people the right way to live and all those kind of things. I want to get nicer as I get older, not meaner, okay? But, you know, God bless him. My father, I loved him dearly, but my father toward the end got cranky and got mean. And that disappointed me. I don't want people to say, man, I'm glad he's gone, old grump. <laughs> uh, be nicer, but looking for the hope. And because all these things happen, because you build up yourselves in the holy faith, because you pray in the Holy Ghost, because you keep yourself in the love of God, because you think about hope of eternal life, then, verse 22, of some, have compassion, making a difference. Then we can have compassion on the lost because we see what we're, where we're supposed to be. We can build up and see where God has, what God's done for us and what he can do for them. What he can do for them. You know, I got such a blessing yesterday from my, uh, my brother's daughter, my niece and, and her husband. I was talking to him. And he's talking about, you know, everything me and my family do ought to be pointing people toward the gospel. And then I found out they weren't, they weren't able to have children. So they adopted two girls from troubled homes. Then they adopted a drug baby. Well, the drug baby's now a toddler. And he's like a BB in a boxcar. Sweetest kid, sweetest personality. Then I found out they're going to adopt another drug baby. This girl told her mother, she says, I go to social services and I want to take all of them. I want to take all of them. Her heart's as big as all outdoors. Man, this, they've got compassion. And the two older girls came from Trouble's home. The, the, parent, the fathers were that were bad people. The mother, didn't, they didn't care about them. And these girls were like 11 and 13 when they got them. They're both saved. They're both sweet girls. And they're, making, they're having compassion and they're making a difference. They're making a difference. And you know, we need to have compassion on lost people and make a difference. You know, I've got a lot to look forward to, but you know, I work with a lot of old guys and God's broken my heart. Because 20 years from now, I'm going to be in heaven. If they don't get saved 20 years from now, they're not going to be. They're not going to be. These guys are in their 70s. Some of them got to be my really good friends. Well, we need to have compassion on the lost. You know, we had to cancel VBS last week at the end. And I'm sorry about that. Uh, um, Aaron did a great job with VBS. Everybody did a great job with VBS. And, but you know what? 
it broke my heart to have to do it. It was necessary. But you got these little kids from the community that don't even know who Jesus is. To see them get excited about Jesus. And, and you need to pray that we can come up with something in the fall. You know, some, some big push for kids and stuff like that. Some have compassion. Making a difference. Making a difference. And then it says, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. You know, we need to know people. We need to get to know people. You know, sometimes we, we go up and we try to steamroll people a little bit. But you know what? We, get to, we should know people, too. You work with people. You should know how to deal with them. Some people you could save with fear because that's the only thing they're going to understand. Some people we need to save, save with compassion. Compassion. Get to know them. Spend time with them. That's our job. But we're only going to do that if we're built up in the holy faith, if we're praying in the Holy Ghost, if we're keeping ourselves in the love of God. We're only going to do that. And then at the end like God always does he gives us hope now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless analyze that for a while okay and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our savior be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and ever Amen. You know, there's nothing more important than living the Christian life, getting ourselves where we're supposed to be, spending the time, you know, a lot of the stuff we've all heard before. But the, but the end result, the end result is to show compassion, to pull people from the fire, and to give glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, um, when the church, the bride of Christ, meets the bridegroom. Don't you think, it says, with exceeding joy, his joy, he left heaven to come down on this earth and to die for us. And then when he sees the harvest coming in, don't you think that's going to be glory? Glory to him. You know, the Bible talks in Revelation about people singing, worthy is the lamb, you know, 10,000 times 10,000, bringing glory to God. What the, can you imagine Jesus, and you know, Jesus is God, obviously. He's going to say to himself, they're here because I sacrificed everything and went to heaven and went to earth and died for them. So that's the end result. That's the end result. Now unto him that is able to keep him from falling, to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and evermore. Amen. Well, what about you? What about me? Are we building ourselves up in the Holy, uh, holy, Go holy Faith? Are we being serious about our Christianity? Are we really? Are we praying in the Holy Ghost? Are we, are we praying in the Holy Ghost? Are we being serious about prayer? Not just, okay, God, I've got 30 seconds here. Now, 
don't get me wrong, sometimes a Nehemiah prayer is necessary. I mean, if you're falling off a 10-story building, you might want to pray real quick. But are you serious about prayer? Not just playing around with it, but are you grabbing a hold of the throne of God? Are you keeping yourselves in the love of God? Are you being obedient to what he says? And are you having compassion, compassion on the lost to spread the gospel? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessings, God. Thank you for loving us. God, thank you for loving me. God, I pray that each one of us would examine ourselves, God, and make sure that we're where we need to be. And uh, God, I pray for somebody here that doesn't know you as their Savior, God, that you'd help them to understand what you've done for them. God, help them to uh, seek out your word and seek the truth. God, help each one of us, God, to do the things that we already know we're supposed to do, but and do it with our whole heart. Thank you, God, for loving us. God, I just pray that you be with us the rest of this day, God, and help us to honor and glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you stand to your feet with your heads bowed and your eyes